Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Wednesday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Glad to, glad to get to the Wednesday amazing show, and uh, we've got a good one tonight. Well, we've got a, a normally amazing topic to talk about, but we're going to talk about some, I don't know, some little criticisms, kind of, you know, working around the corners of our, our normal enthusiasm for artificial intelligence. We, I called this show Super Smart and Super Mysterious Machines because we've got uh, a, a collection of pieces that I think give us, let's say, some alternative perspectives on AI. And the, the first one is from Wired, written by none other than Kevin Kelly himself, the myth of superhuman AI. And Kevin Kelly, obviously one of the, I don't know, leading lights of the technological era, right? I mean, you know, co-founder of Wired Magazine, one of the one of the folks we talked to in our original World Transformed interviews, a man who's written tremendously interesting books, uh, What Technology Wants. I think uh, his more recent one was called The Inevitable. He takes a bit of an iconoclastic approach. So he, he never lines up 100% with the transhumanists, but he certainly never lines up with the Luddites. And he's carved out his own view of a lot of this stuff, which is very positive and very expansive, but also very different from what you might normally hear even on this show and what you might hear from Singularity University or, or some of these other groups. So it's always interesting to kind of check in with Kevin Kelly on where these issues are. And he says that we're never going to see superhuman artificial intelligence the way we picture it, you know, the way it's portrayed in the movies, the way people like Elon Musk are fearing it, you know, um, or, or others. He says because the basic assumptions that lie behind it are incorrect. And uh, let's just go through what those assumptions are, because I think this is, uh, this is really interesting. He says the assumptions based on are that, one, artificial intelligence is already getting smarter than us at an exp- exponential rate, that we'll make AIs into a general purpose intelligence like our own, that we can make human intelligence in silicon, and that intelligence can be expanded without limits. So those, I would say that's a fairly accurate representation of the assumptions that, that people go on when they, when they talk about the singularity and that kind of stuff. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I would. I, um, and basically, I, th- I think Ray Kurzweil is pretty much on record saying every one of these things. So, so you know, for example, yeah, yeah. If if you want to hear kind of the standard uh, singularitarian line as espoused by Kurzweil and others, there it is. Okay, so he says, as opposed to this orthodoxy, I find the following five heresies to have more evidence to support them. One, intelligence is not a single dimension, so smarter than humans is a meaningless concept. We'll come back to that one. Humans do not have general purpose minds, and neither will AIs. Emulation of human thinking and other media will be constrained by cost. Dimensions of intelligence are not infinite. And intelligences are only one factor in progress. So, and 
we can't go into each one of these, even if we were doing an hour just talking about this article. You've, you've got to read it and see his points on each. But Stephen, just looking through that list, what are your what are your big aha agreements or disagreements that you have with Kevin Kelly on on this issue? Would you say? Well, let me let me first say that we can't dismiss Kevin Kelly for being either a luddite or uh, you know or not intelligent. You know, man's brilliant and um, he is not a luddite by any means, is he? Um, but far from uh, it. Yeah, far from it. And a uh, uh, friend of this program too. He's been he's talked to us a couple times, I think. I would say that uh, let, let's kind of go, uh, you know, step by step here. Uh, intelligence is not a single dimension. So smarter than humans is a meaningless concept. Well, I, you know, maybe I, I might agree with that. Uh, and then the second thing, humans don't have general uh, purpose minds, and neither will AIs. Well. That's more of a semantic kind of argument, isn't it? I mean, it's, uh, um, okay, so we don't have general purpose minds. Uh, there may be some things that we're, our, minds are, our brains are not good at, and, uh, and therefore we can't do it with, we, we can't do uh, the same thing with, with computers. That, that doesn't really track. I don't see a logical um, basis for that argument. Um, and, and so... Um, Emulation of humans uh, thinking uh, in other media and other media will be constrained by cost. Uh, well, uh, costs are falling all the time and exponentially so. Um, dimensions in, of intelligence are not infinite. Well, um, you don't have to be infinite to be greater than human. You know, um, intelligence are only one factor in progress. Well, maybe uh, probably the only other factor are the laws of physics and the you know uh, the, the physical laws of the universe. Um, if you've got intelligence and uh, and you've got ability to uh, do physical work, you, you can uh, you can and and you know what the laws of the universe are, and you, you work within those boundaries. Um, you know, it, there's a there's uh, you know it, it, there's the sky's the limit. Okay, so um, I'm I'm not really following uh, these arguments all that all that well, Phil. What what are your thoughts? Well, I think. Um if you look at that first one, artificial intelligence is already getting smarter. Than, or excuse me, um, intelligence is not a single dimension. So smarter than humans is a meaningless concept. It's like everything up to the comma, of course, is true. Intelligence is right. not a single dimension. So smarter than humans is a meaningless concept. Why? What if they're what if they're better than us on every dimension? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they smarter than us? Right. I mean. Um, it, because intelligence is not a single dimension, is it is it meaningless then to say one person is smarter than another person? Is it is it meaningless to say that one species is smarter than another species? I mean, you know, you could you could make a you could make a case that both of those would derive from the from the same argument. So, you know, I I believe that generally speaking, humans are more intelligent than say, for example, lizards. Right. Um, right. There's definitely some intelligence that lizards have that we don't, but if you add it all up, we win, right? <laughs> we've got the we've 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 got the greater intelligence, and I think it's possible that ultimately, um, even though there's many many dimensions, computers might be smarter than us the way we're smarter than lizards, right? Even though even right. though there's a lot of different uh, you know balls in the air and a lot of, a lot of different factors that have to be considered. Uh, you know, I I I don't think it's a I don't think it's a meaningless well, you know, concept at got, all. I think most people know what you mean when you say that. Right. I mean, uh, think of a brilliant mu- musician, and uh, and then maybe think of uh, you know Stephen Hawking. You know, very different uh, flavors of intelligence. Right? Does that mean that uh, the IQ test is of no value at all? I don't think so. 
I, I think that the I, you know that you can measure intelligence, and it's and it is of some it is of some instructional value. Um, even though intelligence can manifest itself in many ways, even within humans. Um, so I, no, I, I I don't follow. Uh, yeah, the I fact that it's I'm, not a single dimension you. should make us skeptical about things like IQ. And I am pretty skeptical about IQ. But, but I still think that you can, you know, there, there's still kind of a very broad set of, you know, observations you can make. Either intelligence means something or it doesn't, right? I mean, and yeah. it, it, it seems to me that there, there are greater and lesser it, concentrations it, of it. In, it is in certainly species. a predictor of success in, in, in this world. I mean, yeah. if, if, someone is, uh, is, if someone is very intelligent, it doesn't mean they're absolutely going to be a success. Um, and, and if someone is not very intelligent, it doesn't mean they're going to be a failure. But... There, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a gift to have. It's a gift to be smart, and uh, and it, you know, it, it it matters how you apply that intelligence and, and, and to get things done in this world. But uh, um, it it helps to it helps to have a, a lot of horsepower, and, you know, and when it <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> engaging your brain on things, so you know. Now, this next one, humans don't have, a gen, don't have general purpose minds and neither will AIs. I like what he says in the story, and I'm not going to try to do it justice, but everyone should read this article because I think he makes really yeah. good points about what we believe to be uh, general purpose minds and what we really have, right, which is, which is we, we have brains that, uh, that, that learn a lot of different tasks and we have different pieces of them that, that do different things, and it all kind of sums up to seeming like a general purpose well, to, to, us. to us, it would seem general purpose because everything that we can do, we we can do, right? Right. <laughs> it's, and that that we can't do, uh, we 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 often think of as impossible. Well, maybe right. it's, it's it seems impossible to us because our brains are not, you know, are not really outfitted well to do to handle those kind of those kinds of problems. But uh, um, you know, I. I I think that we will have general purpose AIs, um, and uh, they they may be very different from us, and that might be a good thing. So, yeah, and uh, the thing is, um, I, I think that uh, we we may not have general purpose minds, but we think we do. Same with them, right? They'll think they you know <laughs> they, they won't so. have them, but 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 they'll be of the opinion that they do now. Now, the idea that we can make human intelligence silicon, he counters with emulation of human thinking and other media, will be constrained by cost. Again, I'm not going to spend any time on that one because you just really need to read the article, folks, if you're, if you're listening. I, I, he, makes, he makes some really interesting points there. Um, I, I, to me, it, just, it has to do with the fact that the, the silicon substrate as we know it now isn't the be-all and end-all of computing. And you know, if Moore's Law has taught us anything, it's that down the road we're going to be able to do more computing than, than we can do right now. So... Cost arguments cheaper. are yeah. not particularly persuasive to me because I, I, I feel like you can always just look at it and go, well, but, you know, if, if we have a computer that's a million times more powerful, which we do today than we used to, right? So, it, you know, it, it feels to me like that one isn't one to really get hung up on. But I don't want to give him, you know, it's almost like I, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to be glib about it. It's 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 still worth reading yeah. the arguments because I think he makes some really oh, yeah. good points there. It, it, it's a good article, no doubt. But I, I disagree with his his final thesis. But uh, it's it's certainly food for thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The next point: intelligence can be expanded without limit. He argues um, in, uh, that uh, intelligence isn't infinite. So, good point. I mean, it, you know, you can't assume that it will be limitless. 
if, you know, it's like any other quantity, right? You can't have infinite energy, you know, you can't have infinite mass, right? You run into, what's the term, singularities, right? When, sure. when you encounter those kinds of things. So it won't, it won't be infinite. And we do have to pay a price for every step up we take. However, you get huge benefits for every step up you take in intelligence too. So part of which will propel us to like the next substrate and the next ability to increase our our processing power. So although although I think this is a great piece and I think he makes uh, makes some really good points, I don't end up being persuaded that that uh, uh, superhuman AI is just a myth. I, I am persuaded that there's you know there's a lot of like narrative around it that needs further definition. It needs to be better defined. It needs to be better understood, better explained, um, more thought and out. Reading his, and, and reading his article is is I, I think any any uh, person that regardless of how you come down on this, uh, is actually aided by reading this article because exactly. he, uh, it, it's good criticism, uh, even if his final point is, uh, is, is, it turns out to be incorrect. And, and I, I think it might, it might turn out to be incorrect. But, um, you know, one thing he says in the, uh, in, in his article, which I, I found interesting was that, uh, you know, those who, uh, speak of, uh, superhuman, uh, AI are engaging in magical thinking. I, I just completely disagree. I, I, I believe that the exact opposite, in fact. Unless you think something magical is going on between our ears, it can be duplicated. And, um, and, and so I, I think that those who would say that um, uh, AGI is impossible might be engaging in magical thinking sometimes. I'm not necessarily uh, suggesting that Kevin Kelly is, but uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I think that uh, there you know it, I, I don't I don't find that that uh, is very persuasive either. Well, if if it's if it's if it's possible, it's not it's not magical thinking. Uh, you know that's the right. that's the bottom line. Um, like so much that that uh, technology can provide actually i think if you have a rational path to get there even if it turns out to be impossible it's not i wouldn't call that magical thinking right because magical thinking is when you skip reality just to get the outcome you want right the the the, the classic example is people fantasizing witnessing their funeral right magical thinking it's like well you won't because you'll be dead right (laughs) well he, he he spoke of you know it's almost like a cargo cult and that, that's the, what he compared this to uh, in this article, is uh, those who believe in AIs are like the cargo cult people. And that, you know, th- those, those were people that, uh, you know, believed that if uh, they, they cleared out a path for a runway and, uh, and you know, and, and had like a fake radio, they could, call, they could call airplanes in that would bring in cargo just like during World War II. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, and, you know, they, you know, they skipped some steps. <laughs> Making our actual radio for one thing, right? And, right, uh, and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's. I, I, I don't. I don't think that huge ste- uh, steps are being skipped. I think that uh, we continue to uh, to work on what we have, and and it's and and the effort to get AGI is producing results now that are being used, and so, you know, um, in, in 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 less general AI, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think I think I think that's true. I, the, you know, the whole cargo cult analogy that he uses kind of goes to his idea that this is this is mythological thinking that it's uh, you know it, it becomes more like articles of faith, and right. I, I, I I see where he's coming from. Right. 
I mean, the, the, the thing is, if you start with the assumptions that he lists at the beginning, if you treat those as axioms, then, then you do end up with something very much like religious dogma, right? It's like if somebody disagrees with any of them, you go, well, no, see assumption one, right? Intelligence can be expanded without limit or, you know, whatever the, uh, whatever the first one is. So, so I, while I agree with you that I don't really see this as a cargo cult, certainly um, when you start with a set of assumptions like that, really broad, big assumptions about the nature of how things could work, there, there is the risk of it becoming a dogma, of it becoming a, a matter of, um, you know, almost a matter of faith, right, rather than, a, rather than a matter of, you know, we're pursuing this because rationally we, we believe, you know, this, this represents a reasonable extrapolation of, of where humanity is going. So, it's so, a, so I kind of split the difference warning, on that one, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it could be taken as a fair warning, uh, and uh, to those who are, are, you know, are pushing this, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, make sure that uh, <laughs> that you have an actual basis for believing these things. So, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, my bottom line on a super smart machine is any any machine that does anything faster than I do is super smart, at least to the extent that it does that. And <laughs> so, you know, like a calculator. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> that's amazing very, how very fast they do math. Of, yeah. yeah. You know. A very narrow form of intelligence, but hey, you know, that, that, <laughs> that's, been, that's been a reality for quite some time. So. Yeah, and, um, and, and now what we're seeing, and we'll talk about this one in a minute, from machine learning and, you know, other uh, interesting AI applications that are, that are taking place today, we're seeing computers that really think differently from us. And, you know, maybe different is enough to, to close the gap between intelligence and superintelligence. But we'll come back to that. We'll stop off on the way on this very interesting piece at Fast Code Design. Dear Elon, forget killer robots. Here's what you should really worry about. This is a, an impassioned, uh, I, I, I believe I described it earlier as kind of a, a, a diatribe, if not a polemic, uh, to Elon Musk telling him, don't worry about the robots taking over, but do worry about... I don't know, the thing runs on 1,500 words anyway of all the different things that Elon could be worrying about instead of that. And just to kind of sum it up here, you should worry about and read the AI Now report from 2016. You should worry about the themes they highlight of what happens to labor, healthcare, equality, and ethics when artificial intelligence embeds itself into our daily lives. You should worry about who has a say over the future. The entire world isn't DC or Silicon Valley, so how do we design for everyone? I think that sets the tone, right, for what this... Yeah this author is and then she, that, she proceeds to just i mean completely um <laughs> uh you know just uh lay out every worry that we it's have. exhaustive it's an exhaustive it, it, yeah, treatment it, 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 at least i hope it is. I, I hope she wasn't holding back uh, you know, she, if she was <laughs> she's got a book in her she should go ahead and write the book i think because she's <laughs> but um but anyway it's a, it's a long list and it, it's you know a lot of worrying things and and i think if you if you start with the there's no superhuman intelligence, the singularity is probably not going to happen. Um, we're not off the hook, are we? There's still a lot of yeah. there's still a lot of if you're worried about the risks, I, I, if you're worried I, about the dangers. And, and I have to agree with her on that. I mean, yeah. we don't have to have artificial general intelligence for uh, for AI to be a a complete societal shakeup, right? I mean, uh, no one needs AGI to uh, run an autom you know uh, a self driving car or to produce hamburgers at the McDonald's, you know, uh, you, you walk up to a, 
basically an ATM type uh, pad, and you, you order your your meal, and you know without human hands ever touching it, you you get your quarter pounder with cheese. That that could happen, Phil, without uh, without us getting the singularity or anything any anywhere close to it. And um, imagine the the jobs that uh, would be lost uh, if we automate to the full extent uh, without AGI. Right. And uh, so. I, I have to agree with that. That's uh, and and, and there, all the other societal stuff. You know, the loss of privacy. The uh, you know, just just all the, uh, the the fact that the computer is constantly reading our emails. Uh, just you know, all of this stuff. If you start hamping up the intelligence, even if you never get to human level, even if it never becomes Skynet, um, the, the the risks and the potential downsides there are potentially tremendous. We should give her credit, by the way. Her name is Carolyn Sinders. Didn't mean to not uh, give, the, give the author credit. It's a very thought-provoking piece, and I think it's, uh, it's worth thinking about. It's like, well, you know, do we want to worry about whether we're living in the matrix, as she points out, and whether Skynet's going to blow us up, or do we want to worry about all this r- real-world stuff that's happening? And I think the answer to that is, you know, one doesn't let us off the hook for the other. If, well, if, and, you know, if you, if you kind of uh, consider what she is saying with what Kevin Kelly is saying, um, I mean, do we get something that approaches AGI and is good enough without needing AGI? Exactly. I mean, right. if, if, if everything uh, that we want out of AGI can be accomplished without a sentient machine, you know, at some point, does it even matter? I don't know. That's I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Good question. Yeah, I, so. if we could if we could completely destroy our economy and ruin the world without it, <laughs> do we need it? Yeah, it's a, yeah do, we, do we really need it? It's, it's an it's an excellent question. That. One and one yeah. to keep in mind. But we're going to run out of time, so let's jump down to the dark secret at the heart of AI, and this is just intriguing. And to me, this more than anything else throws the whole there will never be superhuman AI thesis into doubt. And it's simply the fact that no one really knows, I'm quoting here, no one really knows how the most advanced algorithms do what they do. <laughs> and then they say, that could be a problem. And it's, it's completely true. We've got machine learning algorithms that are producing amazing results in a host of different applications today. And they aren't set up to explain. And the people who use these programs can't explain necessarily how they get to the answer. So, so you've got this very interesting situation where these machine learning algorithms are essentially becoming a black box, right? They're essentially yeah. a, a machine that produces good answers, and we're not sure how or why. Now, how far is that removed from a superhuman intelligence? Well, maybe it's far, far removed. Maybe it's not terribly far removed at all. We're certainly talking about a different intelligence, right? It's, it's an intelligence that can produce results we like, but we don't know how or why. And it doesn't know it's doing it, right? And it, it has no awareness that it's, that it's doing something that, uh, that, that is important to us. But ultimately, the thought processes don't line up at all, right? So it's a, it's a completely different kind of intelligence. And I guess the point is, if there, if there could be completely different kinds of intelligences, the idea that there couldn't be one vastly superior to ours, it, it feels to me like it can't be ruled out at all. Right, right. Huh. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> kind of left species. Sorry, Phil. No, no it's okay. Well, the, the, the really interesting example they use is this uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. They use this system called Deep Patient. And it's, it's been going in looking at patient records and discovering all kinds of interesting 
relationships within within the data. And one of the things it's doing now is it's accurately predicting whether a patient is psychotic, which we don't have, like in human psychiatric terms, we don't have good predictors of that, right? Ask, ask a psychiatrist, how do you predict if someone is, is psychotic or not? It's like, well, it's very hard because they're really good at faking it, right? But there's, <laughs> there's something in how all the different aspects of a patient's data adds up that when deep patient looks at it, the program is able to say, oh, there's a, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. And it's, it's right more often than, than chance would allow for. In fact, it's uh, doing a pretty good job of finding that. This is one example out of you know, tens of thousands of possible ones, but, it, but, well, but it's a good you know, one because, when, it, because it goes straight to something doctors struggle with anyway, right? Well, yeah, and so it's obviously very helpful, but, you know, it, it would almost be um, the fact that the machine cannot explain why it comes to that conclusion it tells me this is something approaching gut instinct. That's what we right. talk about when a, when, a, when a doctor just, you know what, Let's check this, because I just have this funny feeling it might be this. Now, you know, uh, a doctor straight out of med school may not have had a chance to develop much intuition about things like this. But, you know, a doctor that's been doing it for 20 years and has seen, uh, you know, thousands of cases of, you know, various, you know, uh, you know things uh, uh, in this particular area, perhaps, uh, they, they develop this instinct, don't they? Well, yeah. maybe, that's, maybe that's something like what we're talking about here. But. Well, it is. It's, it's, uh, it, to the extent that intuition or instinct, the, these become level, kinds of intelligence that we can't vocalize. Right? We can't sit down and explain how they're working. There's right? deep relationships in things that yeah. you begin to see patterns in. And that's what instinct is, really. It's just... Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, you can't quite put your finger on it because it's my, it might be 50 things that, you know, that, that are kind of coming together to pointing at a certain thing. And so you can't really articulate it. I think uh, with, with machine, it might be a million things, right, that's pointing at something. Uh, and, and, and it's enough to uh, – and, and, and these machines perhaps can go deeper in, in, uh, uh, in, in coming up with things like this than, than any doctor could. I think so. I, I, what I think you end up with here is two things. The ability to look deeper at more variables than we ever possibly could and the ability to operate obviously much faster than we ever could. And those two things see, alone... And to see those relationships uh, 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 easier than we, than we could. Exactly, you know, yeah. To, to build a, relation, a relational database, perhaps, you know, because... Uh, you know, um, you have one neuron in your brain fire off, and related neurons elsewhere in the brain will fire off also. But uh, those, the strength of those connections builds over time, and you need time to build those uh, connections. Whereas with machine, maybe able to build those connections much, much quicker. Well, and, the thing uh, is, th th we don't get to optimize our pattern recognition machinery, right? right. <laughs> the machine no, can. You know, I mean, if we do, it's through, you know, some pretty laborious kind of analog exercises that we would do that might work and might not. But the machine can just make itself better and better at, at pattern recognition. And it's, it's going to find relationships that we could never, ever find, even given more time, right? Even, even if we were yeah. given longer and we were a little bit smarter, it's just, it's, it's hitting well, and, it. And let's face it, the doctor at the end of the day wants to go home and be with his family and have a sure. life, right? Uh, yeah. uh, a computer doesn't need a life. Uh, you know, uh, 
computer can spend all of its time, and time is very different for a computer, right? Uh, but uh, I can spend all of its time uh, getting better and uh, and examining uh, and examining patients. So, all of which may add up to, again, if we don't have super intelligence, the thing that's close enough, right? We, we said yeah, there, there right. might be something that's that's close enough that makes all the difference. So. Obviously, this is something we'll have to keep looking at. This is something we'll have to keep thinking about. I hope Kevin Kelly keeps writing interesting articles about it, and I'd, I'd like to see more from these other authors as well. It's something we'll definitely be doing more shows about in the future. Well, Stephen, it's been fun talking with you. It's been great having you all with us. We will be back on Friday with a brand-new show and a brand-new geek out. Look forward to being with you all then. Until next time, live to see it. Live to see it.